You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. All right, here we are. Another Locked On crossover podcast. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers. I'm with Cody Rourke of Locked On Broncos. Uh, once again, the 49ers of Broncos uh, share some ties in the front office and coaching ranks. And so uh, we're going to talk about the coaches that have essentially swapped teams here with the 49ers and Broncos with the most recent hires and and maybe see if uh, there's some other deals we can work out together. If we were sitting in and acting as John Lynch and John Elway and, and maybe uh, making some trades here because uh, it's going to be a very interesting offseason, I think, for both teams. Obviously, it always is when when there's a new coach in town and a new head coach. And so that's what the Broncos have going on in Denver. So uh, my guest today, Cody Rourke, welcome, man. How are you? Hey, man. Blessed as always to join you here, Brian. Always love doing these Locked On Broncos, Locked On 49ers crossover series. It's always fun, no matter what. And so, like, we have an excuse now, you know, a legitimate one out of season to do another crossover. It always seems like we find some kind of storyline. We're always intertwined some way to do a crossover show. Love the feedback. And, you know, I've been getting a lot of support as well from some of the Locked On 49ers listeners. Awesome, awesome fan base you guys have down there as well. And I know my Locked On Broncos listeners appreciate your insight as well. So, hey, I'm excited about this. A lot of exciting things happening in Denver right now. And, you know, everything on paper looks good. But, you know, we got to see the on-field product. So, you know, it's funny because off the air you were telling me what the the proper – pronunciation of Rich Scangarello is supposed to be. And I think I might have been, I used to call him Scagnarello and his nickname is Skaggs for short. I hear people call him that all the time. So I should just call him Skaggs and I won't get it wrong. But what was the proper pronunciation you saw today? Oh yeah. So Denver media is going to have a fun one with this, with all the uh, mafia style names, which I'll, I'll tell you guys about here in a little bit, but apparently it is Rich Scangarello as his pronunciation, which I was referring to earlier in the week as Scangarello. Um, but apparently it's Scangarello. So that's going to be an exciting thing, obviously being named as the offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos on Wednesday. This is big. I mean, for him, this is a first time move being a, you know, a full-time first time offensive coordinator in the national football league. He has college experience, John Elway wants that kind of dynamic. They, you know, he wants the NFL to evolve. Obviously, we see these high-scoring passing offenses. We saw, you know, when the 49ers played the Broncos, unfortunately, this year, uh, they just went crazy in terms of passing the ball with Nick Mullins to, you know, George Kittle. And then also, you know, you see how Patrick Mahomes is. Offenses are high-scoring. The Broncos didn't have that. And their hope is that Scangarello will be the guy that will turn that Broncos offense into a high-scoring offense to be also, you know, with their ferocious defense, which hopefully will return back to form under new head coach and defensive guy Vic Fangio. Yeah, Vic, Vic Fangio is a guy that 49ers fans know and love, and uh, he kind of got burned here in, in San Francisco, not getting a shot at being head coach, and uh, it's nice to see him get a shot, and he's been one of the best defensive coordinators in the league for a long time, so definitely his due, and the Rich Scangarello hire is interesting. Well, first of all, is because uh, Kyle Shanahan first told the Broncos, no, you can't interview the guy, <laughs> and so I think Rich might have uh, knocked on Kyle's door and said, uh, hey, dude, this is a pretty good opportunity for me, and so uh, they, they, uh, they went back on that and 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 uh, i think it's a good deal you got to let your assistants go elsewhere and and keep getting promoted i think that helps it's a healthy relationship and it, you know you, now somebody else can have a shot at being the quarterback coach but obviously that tells you how how shanahan thought about skaggs and that he didn't want to let him go so um and you mentioned that 
his experience in the college game. So he's got a really interesting mix, even though he's never been an NFL offensive coordinator. He's been around the NFL game and worked with some good coaches and has that college offensive coordinating experience at. And, and really, it's all at small schools, too, which is interesting. Wagner. Northern Arizona, Millsaps, which I don't know where that is. Carlton, I don't know where that is either. UC Davis, I know where that is. Northern California, about an hour and 15 minutes drive from San Francisco if there's not any traffic. Three hours if there's traffic. But um, And it's going to be, I think it's a good hire. And I like that Vic Fangio has an opportunity to, to pick his group of coaches. And when you start looking down the list, it's not only Rich Scangarello, that has some 49ers ties. There's Ed Donatel, who was coaching with the 49ers. There was Curtis Modkins, who's the running backs coach. He coached with the 49ers. Jeep Christ is another one. So he's bringing a lot of that 49ers staff. And that was a really good coaching staff and a really good football team that Vic Fangio uh, was a part of in San Francisco. Yeah, you know, when I see it too, I look at some of these San Francisco roots, as you mentioned, you know, when everything went bad with uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, with the 49ers and then, you know, really Tom Sula got promoted over Fangio as the interim head coach, became the head coach for a year. That didn't last that long for Tom Sula, as 49ers fans know, but, you know, I've heard a lot of great things. The moment the hiring became official for Vic Fangio, I've had 49ers fans reach out and say, you guys are getting a great guy. I've had Chicago Bears fans reach out like, wow, you guys are taking him away from us. You know, and you know, based on watching his press conference, he's my type of coach that I would have loved to play for. I was watching his press conference when the Broncos had introduced him and I was getting excited. I wanted to strap up a football helmet and go because he preached the things that really do matter. In the National Football League, it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you abandon fundamentals and technique, you you open a door for losing and being in an unsuccessful program. And so his mantra really is, you know, we want to avoid as a, as an organization death by inches, where if you let these little things slide, 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 they're going to add up and they're things that can hurt you in the long run. And that's how you have a losing program. That was his key selling point to John Elway when they interviewed him. And really it was a, a two man race between Mike Munchak and, and Vic Fangio and the head coaching search. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that was because of experience, you know, John Elway wanted a guy, with a ton of experience in one particular area that was very good at something. And when you look at Vic Fangio, his historic defenses he's had, San Francisco under him had a very, very strong defense too. They were strong and well-rounded. I mean, he was able to work with Alden Smith. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, we know that situation with, you know, with him, very, very talented player. Unfortunately, things just didn't work out for his career and everything out, you know, off the field. Um, but, you know, really Fangio taking the Chicago Bears, which before him, you know, was the bottom-ranked defense in the National football league and then for three years turning them into a top 15 defense and then last year turning them into the number one ranked defense in the national football league without a lot of star players outside of Khalil Mack you had a lot of role players a lot of very talented young guys that did their job and a lot of it is when I see the zone coverage scheme that he played it was a lot of it just fundamentals and that's where the defensive backs made field that's where the inside linebackers made a lot of plays so when you look at Bradley Chubb Von Miller which we've had a lot of discussions about you can take a look at this defense and if you if you see history telling you anything that the Broncos defense can return back to a dominant form compared to what they were in 2015 they weren't like that in 2017 and definitely weren't like that in 2018 as we saw I mean when you give up over 200 yards receiving to George Kittle in the first half you know there's some big big issues on your defense and stuff like that that just doesn't sound like Vic Fangio would allow that I I feel like the team will be well coached under him absolutely there's more I want to talk about 
with uh, Vic Fangio too. And I do think that was a great hire for the Broncos, but we got to step aside, take a quick break here. And then I think we need to put our GM hats on and maybe talk some trade. All right. When it comes to Vic Fangio and the Broncos, one of the things I really like, you mentioned those pass rushers and Fangio is not the type of guy that wants to dial up a ton of crazy stuff and a, and a ton of blitzes. He wants to play straight up, beat you with fundamentals, as you mentioned. And when you have a front four that can get pressure on its own, it makes that a lot easier on the back end to play uh, without, you know, throwing extra blitzers in there and and doing exotic stuff because you can get home with your front four. And so that's why that is the best thing I think about this hire for the 49ers and why Fangio or for the Broncos and why Fangio fits so well is because when you can get home, he can play that uh, some people call it vanilla, but I just think it's a really sound scheme and sound defense and having that pass rush helps. And so I, I love that. And I do love that players he coaches get better after he shows up. I think that's massive. Obviously you're talking about someone who's a coach. Uh, the, the number one thing you got to be able to do is make players better and develop guys and coach guys up. And he absolutely does that. So uh, those are some of the reasons I love Fangio for the Denver Broncos. Now, the one thing the Broncos might be looking for. And when it comes to skiing Jarello, maybe could we maybe be talking trade a little bit for what a lot of people have called is his son in Nick Mullins and, and skiing Jarello was the, the sole reason that Nick Mullins was on the 49ers. He was the guy that he identified. He wanted to bring him in and he recruited him in as a undrafted free agent to sign with the 49ers. And all he's done is beat out the guy who was drafted in the third round and CJ Beathard and ended up being the starter for the 49ers down the stretch. Uh, might, might you think there's a package deal involved there with Mullins potentially going over to Denver with Scandarello and his old quarterbacks coach? You know, I think that is a great point. You know, familiarity in the National Football League tends to be a trend. If we've seen anything from the Broncos offseason moves currently with the coaching staffs and a lot of familiarity, I would say it's certainly a possibility because, you know, John Elway had sat down earlier this week with Peter King and had talked about, you know, what happened the last two seasons, how, you know, he made a mistake in hiring Vance Joseph. You know, they made a, they rushed a coaching decision rather than thinking it through, taking their time. And they didn't do that this last time with Vic Fangio, but more so he talked about quarterback and that's the concern for the Broncos because John Elway kind of described Case Keenum and the addition of him as more so as a short-term fix. Now I don't think that was intended to be anything negative per se however I think it alludes to the fact that the Broncos can't keep playing the waiting game year in and year out for a franchise quarterback. Let's go back to it. You had John Elway as your star quarterback when he was playing. After that you had Brian Greasy. After that you know Brian Greasy wasn't that great. I mean he had he had moments but he wasn't the guy for the Broncos, enter Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer was the next good quarterback for the Denver Broncos during his tenure in Denver. Took him to the AFC Championship game, winning records, and the unfortunate fallout of Jake Cutler becoming the quarterback. That kind of pushed him away. And so you have Jake Cutler. You go from Jake Cutler to Kyle Orton, Kyle Orton to Tim Tebow, and then you get Peyton Manning. And then you have another four-year stretch of winning games, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl championship. And then you go Trevor Simeon, and then you go Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, and it just didn't work out. And Case Keenum, I wouldn't say he had a terrible year. He just had an average year. He, we didn't see a lot of Case Keenum that we wanted to from the 13-3 and Minnesota Vikings Case Keenum. We didn't see that. We didn't see really the offense tailor-made to his strengths as a quarterback, in my opinion, rolling out. So I'm, I'm eager to see what Scangarello can do with Case Keenum in terms of working on mechanics and maybe being able to give Case Keenum a little bit more confidence that we didn't see in 2018. However, now when it comes to Nick Mullins, we talk about familiarity. 
I think it might be discussed. But at the same time, if I'm looking at San Francisco, do you really want to give a, you know a, a, up a guy essentially maybe for a second rounder or even a third round pick for you know a guy that beat out the guy you drafted in the third round in CJ Beathard and a guy that you know they didn't really have a lot of confidence in after he struggled after Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL. Nick Mullins came in and, and ignited a little bit of a fire underneath the 49ers in a sense. They were more competitive. They had more of this swagger about them despite the horrible round of you know injuries that they had incurred as a franchise. And you know I talked with former. Bronco safety Nick Ferguson who was a coaching intern with the 49ers this year worked with that secondary worked with that defense a little bit and he told you know he told me the same thing he said Nick Mullins is a gamer he's a he's a guy that is competitive eager to learn he's a young guy that has a lot of energy I just don't see the 49ers wanting to necessarily part ways with a guy that could potentially you know maybe take over the reins at some point if Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy or if he incurs another injury we, you know we've seen with ACLs that sometimes those can be something that can affect you for you know a, a majority of your career I mean Deshaun Watson three ACL surgeries you know your knee does incur a lot of trauma with that so I'm not trying to make excuses here but I do think that the 49ers might be making a mistake if they decide to trade away a guy like Nick Mullins you know for the sample size that we saw from him you know I was very impressed with him for from the time that he took over that, you know, that role as the quarterback. I was very impressed with him. He's got the ability to, to I think, to be good in this league. Now, the question is, what team can it be on? Can it be in Denver? If they decide to make a move, we'll have to see. The one thing, and all of that is accurate, because the reason I think Nick Mullins doesn't get traded, and uh, I kind of jokingly just put him out there. Every time something happens, I'm like, oh, Nick Mullins, there's the trade right there. And, and you know, trying to drum up fake Twitter interest in Nick Mullins as if I was his agent or something. But um, the reason I think he won't go anywhere is just because I don't think there's going to be an offer there of say a day two pick that would really, I think be needed to take that value of a guy on a rookie contract that has proven he can be a solid backup and come in and start games for you. When your quarterback's coming off a torn ACL, uh, I just think that no team is going to pay the value of what it would cost to pull him away from the 49ers because he's a, he's a nice valuable piece. And I just don't think with his lack of, you know, he doesn't have the big arm. He doesn't have the pedigree of being a high draft pick and, and being six, four with a cannon arm or anything like that. And so I think with that, no team is going to look at Nick Mullins and say, that's our future starter. We're going to pay a starter price to bring him in. And which means I think in the end of the day, Nick Mullins is definitely going to be with the 49ers. But, um, and on that same token, Nick Mullins career, trajectory could be something very like case Keenum. So if, if you're the Broncos, you might be looking to try to do, if you're trying to find someone to push or eventually replace case Keenum or just come in and, and just take that job, you're probably looking for something, somebody maybe a little bit different than case Keenum. And there might be too many similarities between Mullins and Keenum. Yeah, you know, and I certainly thought of that as well. You know, I think in, in terms of stature and body type, I think they're very similar. I mean, with Nick Mullins, we saw him have a little bit more success this year as well, not only just standing back in the pocket, but rolling out. I, I felt he's a little bit more effective, and having a true tight end weapon is huge. And I remember when we did the crossover, we were kind of wondering whether or not, you know, who was going to be stepping up at wide receiver. You know, some young guy stepped up at receiver for the 49ers this year, you know, when Marquise Goodwin had a lot of stuff going on, personal issues that kind of put him 
him away from the team and we you know we kind of found out that news a little bit today and what's going on with him and you know want to extend our uh, heartfelt wishes towards him and his family during this difficult time you know that's just you know it, it just goes to show you that you know we we look at athletes that play in the national football we put them on a pedestal but we got to realize they're human beings too at the end of the day and that's the most important thing but in, in terms of the the comparison between the two I think that that's a good uh, you know statement there I think they are relatively similar in a lot of ways I think from what I'm being told the Broncos will be having an aggressive free agency now whether that means quarterback you know I've got my eyes on Teddy Bridgewater a little bit for the Broncos being that guy because he was a franchise quarterback for the Vikings before he suffered that freak knee injury um, that you know put his career in jeopardy you know and now he's backing up you know Drew Brees in New Orleans that's not you know that's good for him but I think he's going to command a little bit more respect now he had a great preseason um, and he was definitely a guy that I wanted for the Broncos so Case Keenum essentially if things don't work out with them this year in terms of performance the Broncos do have an easy out uh, out of that four-year contract after the end of this season so you know I think it you know you take a look at a lot of things but John Elway going back to the interview with Peter King said we have to find a young guy and we have to put extensive effort into developing him to be the guy for the next 10-15 years you look at the Chiefs they've got their guy they've got Patrick Mahomes for the next 10-15 years however it may be you know as long as they continue going on the trend that they're going with I don't see him ever going anywhere else um, you know so I, I think you have to find that guy we see it in the NFL you have to have obviously uh, good cover corners nowadays you have to have a pass rusher and you have to have a quarterback those are the three key pieces I think you absolutely need now to be successful in the National Football League I agree 100% and Bridgewater is an interesting name I keep forgetting that he's actually going to be a free agent and he's going to be added to that list of guys who could be available for teams that are looking for maybe a veteran quarterback like Nick Foles or uh Joe Flacco or something like that, or Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, it is time to, we, we, it's time to take uh, one more quick break here. But uh, there's another route that the Broncos could use to get a quarterback, and that's in the draft. So I want to talk to you about that right after this. Okay, if if you are putting your, your GM hat on, Cody, and I'll put my John Lynch GM hat on, is there, first of all, do you think there's an opportunity that Broncos would just roll with Keenum into the offseason and then try to draft that franchise quarterback with I believe it's the, the the Broncos are picking number 10 overall correct yeah yeah 10 and and that's certainly a realistic option you know they're really they, they've been personally at Mizzou to scout Drew Locke they've seen his games live and in person and, and you know when we talk about Drew Locke and I think the guys John Ledyard and the draft network those guys do a great job of getting all these draft prospects down as we approach draft season and my biggest thing with Drew Locke is I think if he can stand in that pocket and he can throw he's got a really great talent in terms of he's got a good arm he's got good ball placement he's got great mechanics however the only thing that really concerns me about Drew Locke is we see such a tremendous tendency of him to throw off of his back foot even on simple three-step drops and you know hitch routes and slants I mean you have no need to do that and that's kind of my biggest frustration part and can that be coached can that be fixed I think it could with under you know with good coaching good leadership but you know I think the Broncos don't be surprised too if the Broncos try to make a play to move up in this year's draft to maybe get a guy like Dwayne Haskins. I think we have to see what plays out with the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles. Obviously, Nick Foles will go somewhere else this year, and it's rumored right now that Jacksonville is a commodity, a place for him to end up. And if that's the case, that opens it up to where really the Giants and the Broncos are the are the teams in the top 10 that really need a quarterback. And so, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos maybe go in the direction of Dwayne Haskins a little bit. I think that could be an option for them. I, I do think this quarterback class this year 
is not as star-studded as I think next year's will be. You know, a lot of people were banking on Justin Herbert declaring this year. He's staying another year at Oregon to play football with his brother next fall. So, uh, you know, I think when we take a look at all things considered, the Broncos, they're going to make a definite move to draft a quarterback this year and this year's draft. And if they don't do that, you know, look for him in free agency because we'll find that out beforehand. But if that does change, I think the Broncos go defense with that 10th pick or they they move up to make another move but um, you know the opportunities right now are endless the Broncos very very aggressive with their coaching hires I think they're going to have the same approach and free agency in the draft from what I'm being told Drew Locke I totally agree with what you said there someone comes you know he's been highly touted for a long time has the big arm and then when those types of players continually sort of disappoint then that's not the type of quarterback I'm necessarily looking for and so um, and I've heard the name Drew Locke be associated with the Broncos too. And I'm thinking, Oh man, are they going to spend a number 10 pick on, on drew lock? I, I just, that, that one I can't see, but when it, when you start talking about Dwayne Haskins, uh, maybe Kyler Murray, that starts to make a lot more sense. And when you're Denver, you're sitting at pick 10, you know, you can't just sit back and get your pick of quarterbacks. So you might have to make a move up. Do you think with that relationship with the 49ers and the Broncos, we might see a, a deal be consummated between those teams. And, and do you think it would be too pricey for the Broncos to go all the way up to number two and just say, you know what, John Elway's like, I have missed on so many quarterbacks in a row. We, we can't keep screwing around. We can't just wait and see what we get and take the leftovers. Let's go identify our guy and go get our guy. Let's move up and use that relationship, go up to number two and make a trade with the 49ers. Do you see a possibility of that? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that relationship that John Lynch and John Elway have really opened it up, in my honest opinion, to having Rick Rich Scangerello, you know, re-interview after initially saying, you know, no, we're not going to interview him. I think they have a good relationship there. I think it is more than likely that we could see the Broncos and the 49ers trade up. Now, what would that require? I think obviously swapping first round picks, you know, Niners going from two to 10 and, and Denver going from 10 to two and maybe even that second round pick just to make that happen. If there is a guy that they really, really want, we could definitely see that. I think that's definitely a realistic option, probably one of the more realistic options that we can see end up happening in a mock draft um you know i think really we have to take into consideration that relationship and and how you know john lynch attests some of you know his knowledge and learning as a general manager to talking with john elway you know so I, i'm excited to see what this can you know obviously turn about to i think it'll be interesting but yeah it's definitely very very likely and you know i think as we approach the draft i'll probably hear more from the inside the organization about what they may have in plans but as of right now you know like you mentioned they have some guys on their on top on their list with Drew Locke and and some maybe some defensive talent we could see go there, especially with Vic Fangio being the head coach. Could be a defensive type guy there, you know, especially at linebacker or D-line. You know, I, I think it'll be an interesting thing to say the least. But yeah, definitely. I wouldn't count things out in terms of the possibility of them swapping picks. And it's interesting. I think going from 10 to 2 would be uh, they would have to really love a guy because it's going to be pricey. I was looking today at what it costs for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2016, they moved up to pick number two to draft Carson Wentz and the Browns got a windfall of picks, man. That was, um, let's see, it was, it was the, so they swapped number eight for number two. Then they gave up next year's first rounder. They gave up two more top 100 picks on top of that. Um, and I think they got like a fourth back as well. So it was like, it, it took a ton. So you would have to really love that quarterback and know for sure you're not going to have a chance to draft him. And so for the 49ers, if they want to maximize value with that number two pick, and I think everybody is on board with drafting Nick Bosa, if he's their number two for the 49ers, then after that, uh, there's a lot of uh, argument and um, 
there's there's no clear second option i think that for most 49ers fans out there so i think after bosa trade would be the best option so i think that is completely a possibility for the 49ers to be willing to move out now that key has to be that there's a quarterback that is worth going up to get and that's going to be on either Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray to become that guy. Murray's like five, nine. Uh, the NFL's changing. I don't see these old crusty GMs that have been around for a long time drafting a five, nine quarterback or trading up to draft a five, nine quarterback. So I got to believe Dwayne Haskins is really the key to, uh, to providing value at the top of the draft at quarterback. I think he really is. And I think he might be the surprise guy that, you know, a lot of people are talking about going to the New York giants, which is certainly possible, but that would obviously not happen if the Broncos are high on Dwayne Haskins and they wanted to make a move with the 49ers to swap picks. They can make that move and not worry about the Giants having to move up. And I think he could be a surprise guy. I'd be certainly okay with it. He's got a big army, does have some very good intangibles. I think, it, you know, why not? Why not try it? Why not see what a Rich Scangarello can do, you know, under this offensive system? And I think that could be a big move for the Broncos. You know, but like I said, I wasn't really too sold on this quarterback class in terms of the number of quarterbacks compared to, you know, what we saw in years past. I think next year is going to be loaded at quarterback. You're going to see a lot of quarterbacks going in the first round. But, uh, you know, I think the Broncos have to make do with what they have and and really put themselves in a position to be successful in 2019. And whether it is drafting a Drew Locke or a Dwayne Haskins, developing them, and then them taking over when Case Keenum is done, I think that's probably the more likely scenario we see. So, you know, there's one coach that went the other direction that we completely uh, haven't talked about yet, and that is Joe Woods, who has gone from Denver to San Francisco now, and he's been hired as the defensive passing game. Actually, he's been just hired as passing game coordinator. I think he's going to work with both the offense and defense, but mostly the defense. Uh, Joe Woods being defensive coordinator for Vance Joseph's Denver Broncos. What can you tell us and 49ers fans about Joe Woods as a coach? Yeah, so Joe Woods, you know, when, when Wade Phillips was let go and he, he decided to go with the L.A. Rams, Joe Woods used to be the secondary coach, coach defensive backs, Chris Harris Jr., Bradley Roby, Akeem Tlaib, and both obviously 2015, 2016, he was a secondary's coach there, did phenomenal work. Denver's secondary in, in those two years under him, you know, and a combination of Wade Phillips ranked number one in the National Football League, two consecutive years in a row. That's huge. Now, he went into his first jump as a defensive coordinator. He did a lot of things that were good but also I think the inexperience of being a D coordinator came back to Han a little bit the Broncos played a lot of vanilla defense last year and if you're a 49ers fan you go back to watching that Broncos game you're looking at it and you're saying wow you know they're just playing you know it's third and two they're playing six yards off the ball those were things right there where even Chris Harris Jr. came out in the media and said look you know teams know what we're doing we're not disguising anything we got to change things up because we're becoming too predictable defensively and and teams took advantage of that um, and, and so I'd say that's my only gripe on Joe Woods you're going to be getting a good coach that really does know the X's and O's of football you you know, I think just that inexperience as a coordinator really showed on the field in certain facets. But you know, I think the 49ers are getting a good guy, especially that will help those young DBs and also Richard Sherman. Having him is going to help as well. But being the guy that kind of sets things up in practice for the defense and the, you know getting them going with offensive passing concepts from the other team will be good for the 49ers defense. And, and I'm, I'm eager and hoping that also Nick Ferguson stays on staff as an intern and maybe transitions
Woodson's over, um, you know, with them as well. So a lot of great work on that end. But yeah, Joe Woods, good coach. Uh, just in Denver, it just didn't work out with the philosophy that Denver was going. What's the vibe around Denver right now? You guys think that you're going to be back in the thick of it? I mean, this is a football team that was in the playoff hunt. And I don't know if it was the 49ers who just beat you so bad that uh, that <laughs> they ruined the season. And all of a sudden, the Broncos couldn't win a game down this stretch. Uh, do you expect the Broncos to be back in contention again late in the season? for a playoff spot oh man that was rough yeah the 49ers essentially ended the Broncos playoff hopes and I think shattered their morale in terms of that because that was just a you know you're down 20 to zero a half and you you try to come back and you lose 20 to 14 and it was just a demoralizing loss but yeah you know I think the vibe right now on paper and look I don't want to get too ahead of myself but really if you would have told me a month ago we're looking at a month ago you know compared to now it is completely different. The organization, the culture, the feel for it, the, it's complete 360. As soon as, you know, the last game of the regular season occurred and the Broncos lost 23-9 to to the Chargers, you know, team, you know, players were talking, okay, we're going to be entering a rebuild. Well, based on these moves, they're not heading for a rebuild. They're completely revamping their philosophy. They're going to endure a culture shock, and they're not going to head for a rebuild based on what the moves that they're making right now. I think Denver, with the discipline that they have and avoiding that death by inches that they just plagued them the last two seasons— I think they can get back to contending for the playoffs. You have to keep your defense strong, though. I mean, let's take a look at the Chargers. Let's take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs. That's two other teams in your division that are very good football teams. And and so Denver has to be on their A game. I mean, they had a chance this year. Unfortunately, things didn't add up at the end of the season in terms to a couple of losses. But I think Denver has a good chance. If they can play competitive football, get that defense back on track, and, and get offensive production out of their unit. And, and really, you know, you can't score nine points per game offensively and expect to win. I mean, not unless your defense is holding teams to three points a game but that's not you know that's very hard to do in the National Football League but I think the vibe on paper right now is very very good for the Broncos I've got a good feel but like I said we got to wait till August and September to see what that on-field product's going to look like all right Cody we're about out of time here one thing I did want to ask you about that you could squash for any 49ers fans that ears perked up when they saw reports of a potential Von Miller trade out of Denver those are hogwash especially now that they've hired Fangio right <laughs> yes absolutely I mean I, I've talked to people within the Broncos organization there were a lot of moves or, you know, people, local blogs talking about, you know, the Broncos, John Elway opened to trading Von Miller. That is not the case. You know, as, as cool as it would be, I know 49ers fans were hoping for it. The Broncos, from what I'm being told inside, they have no interest. They've never thought about trading Von Miller, and it's something that's not going to happen. He'll retire a Denver Bronco, and the organization will do whatever it can to make that happen. So, you know, dreams are nice. Dreams are real nice, but I'm pretty thankful that we still have Von Miller on this side. Yeah, 49ers really need to find their own Von Miller. A nice young one, around 22 years old, that can hang out for the next 10 years and go harass quarterbacks. Ah, you guys could get Shaquille Barrett possibly this offseason. He's uh, leaving Denver and Shane Ray as well. So, hey, there's some options. There you there. go. There's a lot. This is a good offseason to need pass rushers because there's a lot out there in the draft as well. So, it's going to be a fun offseason. That is Cody Rourke. You can find him on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You got to subscribe to Locked On Broncos. Any 49ers fans out there, if you have friends that are fans of the Denver Broncos, you got to let them know about Locked On Broncos. My name is Brian Peacock. I'm host of Locked On 49ers. Cody, it's always a pleasure. Thanks uh, for joining me here and doing another off-season crossover. Always, my man. I appreciate it. I appreciate your fans and your listeners of the show. Uh, I love this, and we're going to have to do it again. I guarantee you, we're going to have another event happen. We're going to be doing another crossover this off-season. Let's do it. We'll have to break down that big blockbuster trade when it happens between the Niners and Broncos. Boom.